Hey, what's up? Happy Pork Report week from Taylor and Mark. Um, this is probably my favorite week at Beacon of the year, other than like the week between Christmas and New Year's that I get off. It, this is like my favorite week of the year when we release the Pork Report. Um, Mark, you have been really busy. I was still laying in bed this morning watching Mr. Robot when you were up doing a TV interview. But Mark tends to take the brunt of like being what really Mr. Robot? What? What is Mr. Robot? It's a show with Rami Malik about he's like a hacker and he's like a kind of like a hacker vigilante cybersecurity guy. It's it's kind of dark. I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, it sounds like a, I thought it was like a child show, like a, a robot cartoon or something. Okay. <laughs> no, I just started it and it's amazing. And I was laying in bed watching Mr. Robot this morning while you were doing an interview about the pork report. Mark takes the brunt of like the hard work on the on the back end of it and really on the front end, but it really is the most fun week of the year. And um, we kind of did it a little differently this year, all digital. Mark, you want to talk about that? Yeah, so I mean, honestly, uh, we used to print out reports and give to our donors, and we really did it all digital this year to save money. Obviously, we were dealing with COVID, and there's been a lot going on, so we didn't want to spend money that, I mean, our donors and, and supporters worked so hard for in a report that we didn't really need to make uh, a physical copy of. So we did it digitally, and we cut it down. We did a kind of a 12 days of Christmas theme this year um, and did the top 12 examples with kind of a poem for each one. And then we did our three favorites of all time as the the 15th of the, the top 15, um, because it is our 15th anniversary of it. So we tried to do 15 entries. We did the 12 port, uh, ports for this year as, as the 12 days of Christmas. So we tried to do a lot of cool um, imagery to go with the pork report. We, we use um, the term favorite of the porks of all time very loosely. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those things like you love to hate. So <laughs> we- It's we, like Geely's my favorite movie. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, but the sad thing is that it. Or Eiffel 65, my favorite band, just very similar thing. <laughs> yeah, the Eiffel 65 uh, reference. We'll get to some of the feedback we received um, in a little bit, but I definitely have to have to give Mark a hard time on that. So let's talk about um, what's in it. We have I I have some favorite entries. I won't include. Um, the one that I, one of the ones that I wrote is one of my favorites, even though it was because one of the lines that I wrote got a lot of traction when talking about the, uh, the mask, the no bid mask contract. Um, but one of my absolute favorite entries in the entire report had to do with the Jackson General Stadium. Um, that one, honestly, because I'm a huge baseball fan, I'm like, I love baseball, but sports stadium subsidies are like, it's like as much as I love baseball, I hate sports stadium subsidies and that's what keeps happening in jackson the generals keep getting hundreds of thousands of dollars to maintain their stadium and does anyone actually go to the games it's it's ridiculous it's a huge waste of money mark i don't know if you have anything to add or you have a favorite that you want to talk about but that well, you kind of took mine i mean that was such a big one because it was it was interesting but it's for every 50 dollars in tax dollars one dollar goes to the jackson generals and i mean and not to say anything bad, but it's not like Jackson is this thriving community that can just afford to throw away money. And it's it's hard to see. And, and it was great reporting by the Jackson uh, son that did that in the first place. But that was really good. And, and I mean, one other one that I, I thought was pretty a similar kind of situation is in Clarksville, they put $130 million the Montgomery County commissioners gave them uh, for an ice rink. So basically, they're spending $130 million for 12-year-olds to have their birthday party there. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's a bad investment. And again, Clarksville is not this gigantic, rich community that has so much extra money. It's it's really tough that the Montgomery County commissioners did that. And if you're going to do something like that, it should at least be voted on. So I think some of the examples in some of the smaller cities uh, in Tennessee actually are more kind of 
impactful in terms of this money means so much to them. I mean, $130 million or hundreds of million dollars in Jackson, that means a lot to taxpayers. I know it's a lot of money. And but but Jackson is a thriving community, but that's what it is as a community. It's not some big city like Atlanta that has a big baseball team in the stadium. We would disagree with that too, but this is like. I mean, this is extreme. Um, another really extreme one was the Knoxville Zoo. I mean, come on. Like that, we're, we're getting um, a lot of comments on that because people love zoos. I love zoos. I love zebras. Zebras are my favorite animal, but I still love my tax dollars even more. And if I was living in Knox County or in the city limits of Knoxville and there was ever a proposal to raise taxes, I would say, well, why are you giving money to the zoo and you want to raise my taxes? I haven't been to a zoo in 15 years. I don't know. I'm, I'm just really principled when it comes to things like that. And I know you are too, Mark. I think it's a takeaway. This is that we all need to think for ourselves of, is this consistent with what I believe or is it because I like it? I feel I, like we know a lot of people who are against government handouts, but they're like, well, I mean, there's no other way the Titans were going to come here if we didn't do that. So it's like, they have a lack of consistency because of something they like, or like, I mean, some people do believe in handouts and fine. I mean, or, or I guess you'd call it uh, film incentive or incentives. Um, but incentives. <laughs> that we just need to be consistent about that and and kind of think about it, it's like forget if i like this or not is it should tax dollars be going to this? and should somebody who's not interested in this like i don't care about zoos i mean i want animals to be safe i don't care about zoos should my money go to that i certainly don't care about soccer should my money get it i do care about football but it, i kind of think like should somebody who doesn't care about football's money go to this so i think it's it uh, and it's hard but i think we need to think about consistency and not just what we like or what we think is cool but think about what should the government be doing I know. I think it's a very interesting thing. I, you know, sometimes we do, we are kind of hard on conservatives, but I think that if you call yourself a fiscal conservative, you should really take this seriously. A lot of fiscal conservatives talk about, well, I don't believe in relieving student loan debt or forgiving student loan debt at all, but I do believe in giving money for economic development of, of whatever. If these teams and these corporations aren't going to come to Nashville, they're not going to come to Memphis, whatever, if we don't give them money, but you don't believe in forgiving student loan debt. You can't, you can't just say the government should spend money on this because I like it and, not, and because I don't. And that's kind of an extreme argument of millions of dollars of what you were saying, but it's and one of the crazy examples is in Nashville. I mean, it's really been the liberals who have given out the money. I mean, it's, I mean, we haven't had a Republican mayor in, I mean, but it's been Carl Dean, it's been Megan Barry, it's been David Briley. Um, like these are the people who have given out the, these huge amounts of money and bought an amphitheater and gate. Like, so, I mean, it's not a, um, it's certainly not a one-sided thing. Both sides are, I think, very inconsistent when it comes to, oh, well, I like this or this will bring jobs. I mean, I, I think that we can all be more consistent. Like we said, this is what I said in my interview this morning is, um, when the parties are inconsistent, we are consistent. We agree with the Republicans sometimes, Democrats sometimes, but it's only because we're being consistent. They're the ones who are not following through with what they believe in. The best thing that we were ever told was that we are equal opportunity offenders. If something is not okay, if something stinks, we're going to call it out. Um, and and that's kind of the, the deal with the pork report. Now, some of the feedback that we've gotten, I would say this year, a lot of years we get a lot of heat for it. People rip us up on Twitter and say, y'all are calling this out and, and they're just defending what they like. And we get it. There've been people that have, that like the zoo that have gotten mad people who really like Dave Ramsey that have gotten mad. But for the most part, the feedback that we've gotten has been consistent. And that's what I really like about the pork report is we get good, consistent feedback from the media now more than ever, Mark, you've been killing it. I'll let you talk about that in a second. But also when people email us or when people reach out to us and say, well, did you think about this? It doesn't change the argument. All of these, the Knoxville Zoo can save animals. Dave Ramsey can forgive debt, whatever. But it doesn't change the fact 
that ta taking tax dollars isn't good practice. It's bad policy. That's right. And when the Tennessee Howler said that we did two good things, I mean, you know that we're really crossing basically the-, the I know, I'm like looking line. outside to see if pigs fly or it's getting cold because hell's freezing over. Like the Tennessee Howler- yeah, yeah. But that is, I mean, that is, and it's important to be be consistent. And I, and I, mean, I think that the media appreciates that. I mean, you have kind of, I, I mean, you saw the Tennessee and kind of focus on two of the ones where we, I mean, their focus was on the the no bid mass and the Dave Ramsey thing. Um, but it, it, it's something that I think everyone can get behind and say, of course, no one's going to agree with everything we have in there. And that's, that's bound to happen. Right. But you, you know what, they are coming at this with complete consistency and they don't care what party they're offending or what person they're talking about because they just want consistency. I think that there's something to be said, even if you disagree with us, which of course, everyone on here probably has disagreed with us at some point. Um, you can say, well, I know they're being honest and I know they're being consistent. I feel like that's all you can look for because you're just never going to agree. I mean, wives don't agree with their husbands uh, 100% of the time. So, I mean, sometimes not even 20, but it's one of those things that it's good that we're consistent. The media understands that and they give us, I think that they um, treat us really well and give us a lot of press on this because they know we're doing that. They know we're not like in the tank for one part or the other. We're just calling out what we see as waste. And we hold ourselves to a really high standard. You know, it's hard to get 11 people to 100% agree on something, but all 11 people in our office 100% agree on why we do this, what we put in it and what we say about what we put in it. And that's, I mean, that's hard to get 11 adults to agree on something that's as expansive as the pork report is. And so, yeah, it's been really fun. Mark and Justin have done a ton of interviews. It's actually so funny. I had a doctor's appointment the other day and she was like, so you work for Beacon? And I was like, yeah. And she said, um, well, you know, I, I've stopped watching the national news because it's all negative and I've been watching the local news and you guys have really been on it this week. <laughs> and it's because of all the coverage that we've gotten on this report. It's it's definitely our most fun thing of the year that people really latch on to. And, and let's do a couple of shout outs. So shout out to, to Taylor, um, Ron, Justin, Stephanie and me who all wrote it and Jason who did a lot of the research that yeah. was on it. It really is a team effort. And then of course, Jamie and Joe are going to kind of present that to, to some of our supporters to show them what we've been working on. So this really is a, a true team effort, which I mean, we have eight different people working on something. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And it's really fun to get to do this every year. Um, like we said, it's the 15th year. Mark, what was your what was your favorite or least favorite of the last 15 years? Well, so I didn't put my favorite on there. My favorite one was the water park um, one, the ridiculous yeah in water park but on that one i thought the logo was pretty bad when we gave forty six thousand dollars to graphic designers to create the dumbest logo i've ever seen in my whole life that literally a four-year-old would say that isn't very good um and and we had eight graphic designers on staff yet we decided to farm it out to gsnf um and they did a terrible job and we had to pay for that when we were already paying for graphic designers so that was one of those ones that wasn't as big of a, a dollar amount but it was like so offensive to anybody who just under has any common sense <laughs> Yes, I totally agree. That was an absolutely egregious waste of money. Um, I really liked Justin's about the Memphis Regional Mega Site. I mean, that is still, we are still paying, and I didn't realize this until last week, actually. We are still paying to have the grass cut on that site to the tune of thousands of dollars, and nothing is moving in there. Nothing has moved in there. So after the millions that were spent to clear the site and get it build ready, we're still maintaining that property. The government actually heard, I was, we had a young professionals event in Knoxville the other night and the Knox County commissioner was speaking and he said, you don't want the government to be your real estate agent. We don't want the government to be involved in owning property and selling property. That's, that's the absolute antithesis of what I want. And one more thing about the negative, which I think is interesting. Um, 
of course, the, the goal of this is to educate people so they understand what's going on and everything like that. But it's also a great tool to say, told you so, like 10 years later. It's funny that I was talking to Jenny DiPrizio from uh, from Local 24. She said, hey, do you know anything about this one handout to this, like, I don't remember what it was. It was some port in West Tennessee. I'm like, no, I've never heard of it. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, I found it. it was in the 2011 pork report. So before I even started, like, it wasn't anywhere else. She's like, wow, they're still giving money to it. You guys were exactly right about this. So it's funny to look back about things that even before I started working here that we've really attacked it. It's like on top of educating people now, we can look back in 10 years and be like, hey, told you so. Like when we were talking to Nashville five years ago, about how we're going to be in debt if we don't stop these things. And you can see, hey, we did say that. So it's nice for our supporters and people to say, hey, we're right about most of these things. So if you look back, we don't edit this at all. You can see exactly what we were talking about and how right we actually were. I know. Um, I was listening to some of our media coverage and the pork of the year this year was the egregious property property tax increase in Nashville. That was just absolutely insane. And I listened to um, one of the council members double down on it and say this was mild and this was years coming and it should have happened years ago. And I hope that we do this you know, more and more, so we don't have to do a big one again. And, and that's one side of it, but we're looking at it from the other side of saying, or <laughs> if it was years coming, you should have listened to us six years ago when we told you that we were in some deep, deep trouble and we need to do things like stop handing out money to companies like Amazon or Alliance Bernstein or all of these things that have been in our pork report for years and years, and we wouldn't be faced with that. And so, yeah, it is fun. It is fun to look back. I mean, fun in like an ironic, like, ha ha, laugh so you don't cry kind of way to look back and see all the mistakes that have been made that led us to this. Yeah, I mean, I think that the other thing that um, isn't necessarily talked about as much is that there is some people that say, like, we've seen this coming for years. We like, well, then why didn't you cut spending? If you weren't going to raise taxes, why would you not cut spending so this didn't happen? It's not you. The only option is not just raising taxes. You can cut giving millions of dollars to Amazon. That's not necessary. You don't have to give all this money to all these companies. I mean, you can cut. I mean, there's a lot of wasteful spending. There's too many government employees in Nashville. They have too good of benefits compared to anything else. Like there's so many things you could have cut, but you, yeah, you've chosen not to. So that's what happens. Raising tax is not the only way to like lower your debt burden, just FYI. It's the easiest way. That was what, you know, I was talking about the pork report with one of my friends who doesn't work in government, doesn't work close to government, works in the music industry. And we were talking about how did it get here? Why was raising taxes their only recourse? And, and, my answer to that is, well, it's not the only recourse, but it's the easiest for them. For 40 people to sit there and say, we don't want to cut benefits. We don't want to cut programs. We don't want to cut employees. We don't want to cut this because that would be hard. Instead, let's raise taxes on hundreds of thousands of people. It It's easy for a group of 40 and it's hard for everyone else. And that's what kind of the point of this is, is just because, um, just because we accept it because our elected officials do it doesn't mean it's right. And so hopefully one day the pork report will be redundant and not useful anymore because there won't be pork like this. But unfortunately we have another year where we have waste to call out. And I hope you're listening via podcast, not via video because Taylor was about a minute and a half. Your, your, your words were not matching up with your mouth there for about the last minute. So I guess that you're lagging a little bit on, on your computer and things. <laughs> hope you're listening and, and not, and not watching. Awkward. Um, <laughs> How it looks like what now it looks like you're back to good now your, your words are matching up with where you're at that's good thank god maybe we can fix that in post um so the last thing i want to talk about since we are talking about the pork report and i haven't eaten all day mark i don't know i'm sure you've already had your bacon today we are um big pork eaters in this in this office and um we did one of the podcasts at peg leg porker but i asked mark 
what is your favorite way to eat barbecue? I don't know if you're a, like a Texas, like sliced meat eater. I don't know if you're a pulled pork eater. I'm an Alabama girl. So I'll get to mine. Mark, you're Northern. So I don't know what they do up there. So what is your, what is your uh, pork preference? Like, okay. Well, I have a couple of things to say about this. First, I think that any good pork doesn't need sauce. If you're, if you had to put barbecue sauce on it, it's because you have to hide the taste of it. It reminds me of ketchup with hot dogs. Um, so I feel like if you had to put sauce on it, you, you were trying to cover up your product. I think any kind of dry rub version or like when I get brisk, I get it without any sauce at all. Cause I want to taste what the meat tastes like. I don't want this thing to overpower the, the taste of what I'm actually eating. Um, but the one thing I would say is that my favorite type of pork, when we talk about, I was thinking about this in my head, I'm like, oh, is it bacon? Is it my favorite type of pork? I think is scrapple. And if you don't know what scrapple is, it's, it's, Philadelphia thing. It's this kind of square thing of meat. It's kind of hard on the outside, soft on the inside. It's a lot of like the pork waste. It, it kind of reminds you of what they put in hot dogs. It sounds disgusting, but look, it is so good. And anybody who's had it will tell you how good it is. It's kind of a Jersey Philadelphia thing, but it, you need to try it. I know how gross it sounds. It is unbelievable and easily the best breakfast food ever. Okay. I mean, I'll trust you. I'd love to try it. I'm a ribs eater. I love ribs. I've always loved ribs. I think that that's got to be my number one favorite. Now, now with sauce or without, or with like dry rub? Um, I mean, so I will say this. Houston's for my whole life, we used to go to Atlanta to go shopping a lot in this place called Houston's. They always had the best ribs. Then I tried Carrie Bringles at Peg Leg Porker with dry rub. Absolute best. So I don't know. It, it really depends on where I am, whether I do sauce or not. I will say I also love a pulled pork baked potato. I had one of those the other night. Ooh, good. I've never had that. Oh, with like cheese and stuff. I had one of those the other night. I'm just a barbecue eater, man. I got bacon in the fridge right now. I might go make some here in a few minutes. I We love, we are meat eaters in this office. Sorry if there are any PETA people out there uh, that we're offending, but we're- We're not sorry, honestly. <laughs> we're not sorry. We're, so, we're but, sorry that you're part of PETA. That's really the issue here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So everybody uh, hop on Uber Eats or Postmates, order you some barbecue and flip through the pork report. It's well worth it. Um, and, and, you know, next week starts the looking for new entries. So stay on your toes, city and county officials, because you don't want to be included in this because it, it lasts forever. As you said, referencing 2011 still, once we put it in there, it lasts forever. So as I know, for next year, we should talk to Gary Bringle, see if we can, we can do the reveal at, at Peg Lake Pork and really get the pork thing. I, I bet you he would let us. Oh my gosh, some ribs and a beer in the pork report. That would be, that'd be pretty fun. Right. Well, we'll take it. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, read the pork report. Visit beacontn.org slash pork 2020. Let us know what your favorite entry is and we'll see you next week.